Yeah. Yeah. How about that? A commanding opening night beatdown by the Clippers over the Portland Trailblazers taking care of business. Let's get into it on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in LA and going into, oh, not even going into, just started my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper content. Capture the experience tonight. A video will be out on my personal channel on Thursday. What an opening night that was. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You've got to comment on YouTube, though, your thoughts on the opening night victory. I am so curious to hear what you got to say. I will be reading all of them. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the best daily fantasy entry app around. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. But how about the Clippers? The Clippers coming out and setting a tone. Talk about seriousness. And I already know what these comments are going to look like. You can't be overreacting against the Blazers, the worst team in the league. The Clippers lost plenty of games last season that they were supposed to win. And part of being a great team in every sport that I've learned in my life is getting the wins that you're supposed to get And then when you play those big marquee matchups, you see how you stack up. Even if you lose all those big marquee matchups, just beating the teams you're supposed to beat, if you're a team of quality, you should get into the seed that you probably are projected to get. In terms of projection for the Clippers, you can throw that out the window. Because I see people ranking them really high, really low, all over the place, middle of the pack. It's really impossible to know because of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's health. But what we had in this game was... Paul George and Kawhi Leonard starting for the first time in a home opener for the Clippers. And that was special. And to be in the building, what an atmosphere for an opening night for relative to the other Clipper home openers I've been to. And I've been to the 06-07 home opener, which was a great game, 96-95. I still remember off the top of my head. One point win. I was in section 318 against the Denver Nuggets. Tim Thomas with the go-ahead three from the top of the key. And then 07-08 also went against the Warriors. And 2015-16, and in the last three years. And this one was probably my favorite of them all. Section 207 was debuting, and we were on our feet the whole game. And I think it really added to the atmosphere. I haven't actually rewatched the game. I just watched some highlights, and it sounded louder in there than I expected it to sound, than other home openers that we've had in recent years. Definitely louder than last the last two years. But... It was awesome to be a part of it. Standing up the whole game, the energy in the building was just amazing, and the players set that tone. 
The fans can do whatever they want, but if the players don't play well, you're not going to get that same intensity. And Terrence Mann, obviously we know, did not play in this game, but Robert Covington stepped into the starting lineup, and boy, did he step into the starting lineup. Because the Clippers, to start the game, I always look for those two words, defensive intensity. What is it looking like? And the Clippers have been saying top five. They've been throwing that word around, or those words around top five when it comes to defense this upcoming year. Well, that starting lineup with Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Robert Covington, and Nivitsa Zubats, and even if you take out Robert Covington and replace him with Terrence, all those guys can guard. And I know it's the Blazers. I want to keep emphasizing that. I understand. Matisse Tywell can't shoot the ball. Scoot Henderson looked nervous and could not shoot the ball. I don't know if, how good his jumper is. I know that's something that people have questioned about him is the jump shot, one of his weaknesses. And you saw it in this game because he had a welcome to the NBA game from one of his idols, Russell Westbrook, who absolutely set a tone right away. It was incredible to me how the Clippers got several dunks to start their season when we have not been a team that dunks a lot in the 2-1-3 era. And it comes from off-ball actions We've always set like we've always set screens off the ball in the Ty Lue era here and there. Of course, not as much as teams like Denver, Sacramento, or Golden State. But we set some off-ball screens, some pin downs for Kawhi Paul, some curls, all that, some flare screens. But they never really hit consistently with off those actions with pace and with intent consistently. Reggie Jackson and Patrick Beverly just aren't those kind of guys in terms of court vision. Russell Westbrook and even Bones Highland, they will visit to them right away, right in their pocket, coming off those screens. And when teams overplay Paul George and Kawhi, which they will, especially PG, back cut. And Russell Westbrook can visit. And he was doing that in this game. Also, when Kawhi posts up, Russ was cutting and on misses, pushing the pace. The Clippers were having a dunk fest in the first quarter, and it all starts with the defense. Matisse Tybel is left open by design. Scoot Henderson is being dared to shoot. DeAndre Ayton was absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. So for his Blazer career, it did not get off to a very good start because Ivica Zubats absolutely destroyed him in the matchup. Just a better performance by a trillion, and... I mean, I like it from Zoo. This is the guy that outplayed you in the conference finals two years ago. Now, three seasons ago. But just the defensive intensity from the Clippers. It was causing turnovers. We were looking to push off a rebound. And after the first quarter, they led 29-20. to The starting lineup was fantastic. I've talked about the way Robert Covington makes the floor look smaller for the opposing team, shrinks it. Well, some of these players on the Blazers were throwing passes that were so obviously, in my eyes, going to be intercepted by Roko, but I think they just don't know yet. They don't know about the fastest hands in the West, as the great Brian Seaman likes to say. Roko was awesome, in my opinion. Just having a difference maker on the defensive end, and I don't think he was bad at the point of attack getting over screens in this game either. And you got to think, without Terrence Mann, it was... 
you the game has to ask for more defensively from Kawhi, from PG, from Rocco, and Westbrook. And they all stood up to the task. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I thought their effort defensively was just fantastic. Especially Paul George. He had to guard Simons. That was clearly the toughest assignment of the night. He was hitting shots in the beginning of the game. He was the only one really hitting shots outside of like Jeremy Grant. But Paul George, his effort was amazing. And he said it. I'm back on my bully-ished on the cover of Slam. First game, bully. Unbelievable. When Paul George gets working like that, it's just a joy to have him in a Clipper jersey and to watch him play live. When he catches at the elbow, he is unstoppable against some of these guys. Both Kawhi and Paul George were getting plenty of switches because the Blazers were trying to switch one through four at times. Yeah, guys like Simons, Brogdon, Henderson on Paul George and Kawhi. Stop dribbling behind the three-point line. If you need to go relocate in the mid-post, throw the ball to someone and just go relocate. If they if they switch there, okay, fine. They switch there. You can there are there is that glimmer of daylight if they try to switch when you're off the ball like that and the spacing is good enough. But come on, throw the ball, go post up and get to your bag. Because these guys shouldn't be able to guard you and they're small. Paul George, when he catches the ball at the elbow, he can literally rise up over the top and or he takes one or two dribbles. He's still getting the shot off easily. Especially against these guys that are 6'6 six, six and smaller. And you were seeing that in abundance in that second quarter when he was just absolutely cooking. And the Blazers, they just could not shoot at all from outside. 10 for 32 from three in the game, 31%. They were actually 47% from the field overall. But I think a lot of that was the fourth quarter garbage time because we beat the absolute breaks off of these guys. 67 to 47 at the half absolutely amazing performance in that half. Kawhi was a little slower to get going, but defensively he was awesome. He did the right things, had a couple of turnovers, and he was very accountable for it after the game. But he was still, it's Kawhi Leonard. Like it's just such a positive having him out there. And don't worry because in the second half, he started getting going. But coming up, going to be talking even more about the defense, but the Clippers winning at 123 to 111 in a commanding win. That scoreline just does not do the performance justice. It was one of those where the Blazers outplay them when it's garbage time. Gonna be talking about that coming up. I gotta tell you a little something about Ibotta. Turkey is great, but we all know the best part of Thanksgiving dinner is the sides. My mom's first cousin, she makes this amazing cream corn that we eat every year for Thanksgiving. And then my mom makes the best mashed potatoes, in my opinion, in the world. I would take my mom's over anybody's. So if you have those signature sides in your Thanksgiving traditions for your family, you can get all of that, all those side dishes and the turkey, all while getting yourself cash back with Ibotta. Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code 
locked. I got to tell you a little something about prize picks. Prize picks is the best daily fantasy entry app around. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you've got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps on the apps. It's really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. The withdrawals are quick, the gameplay is easy, and you have a huge selection of players and stat types on prize picks. The number one daily fantasy sports app. And PrizePix offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. And each Tuesday, PrizePix discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And PrizePix even offers Apple Pay now for quick and easy deposits into your account for this football season. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. How great does it feel to be back when the Clippers play like that? The whole theme of the summer was let's take the regular season seriously. Well, that first game was pretty serious. And I was getting a little bit nervous a couple of days leading up to the game because it felt like a trap game, not on national television. So you just underestimate these guys. And Aiton comes out with a point to prove. Absolutely was such a freezing cold take on that one. Scoot Henderson is, you know, wants to prove a point. Yeah, he may have wanted to, but Russell Westbrook gave him his welcome to the NBA game. They ask you, what, what was your welcome to the NBA moment? This was a welcome to the NBA game. He could not handle Westbrook at all. I don't think he realized what kind of athlete he was dealing with. Like, Scoot Henderson is, a, you know, built like a Mack truck as well, and he can fly. But Russell Westbrook, man, this guy's been doing it for 16 years. 16. And the way he played was just amazing. Moving without the ball, a little bit of screening, great initiating of the offense. Defense was solid. Effort was really good. His passing was just pinpoint. Let's see how many turnovers he had. Three. Okay, 13 to three assist to turnover ratio, though. I'll take that all day. Paul George and Kawhi, though, they can't be turning the ball over four times each. Uh, Kawhi and Paul each with six assists, but four turnovers is a little bit much. As a team, the Clippers turned the ball over 17 times, and the Blazers also turned, actually 18 times, and the Blazers also turned the ball over 18 times. The Clippers had 24 points, though, off those turnovers, so the pace, that was a big thing for the Clips. And again, it starts with the defense. You get stops, you create turnovers, you get out and run. And there was a beautiful behind the back from Bones Highland to Russell Westbrook in that first half. And a lob from PG to Russ in that first quarter. Absolutely electric. Russell Westbrook was dunking so much. Just great to see. And again, it starts with the defense. If it's a Zubats in drop coverage. How incredible was Zoo in this game? I know he's got a lot of skeptics. Especially in the locked on comments section. But if it's a Zubats is good. And people always say he gets destroyed by Aiton. Well now you see. The situation matters a lot. 
And Ivica Zubac was awesome in drop coverage. Had three blocks in the first half. Four blocks in the game. He was finishing his jump hooks. Catching the ball for the most part. Off of Russ's passes. And remember, when Kawhi, Paul, or Russ, all three of them, all three of them have the ability to post up. And when they do, they often see help. And the Blazers were sending a lot of help at all those guys, especially Kawhi. And that's where Kawhi was getting in a little bit of trouble making some bad passes. But the point is you're attracting two defenders, whether it be Kawhi, PG, or Russ. And with the shooting that we have, I know I talked about it. It may not be as good as last season and the previous seasons of 2-1-3. But it looked pretty good tonight. And by the way, I just want to say, I am recording this right now at 2.43 in the morning. Like, I just came back from the game tonight, and I stayed after for a bit. So, I am tired. But you can just, I hope you can tell how energized and buzzing I am after that one. Just to see that, you know, everybody said I was negative Nancy last year. Just to see that they played with that much intensity. I know it's opening night, and I need to not overreact. But if we start, if we beat Utah... You might see me flying some takes around. I'm just kidding. One game at a time, but I got to appreciate the wins and appreciate seeing Kawhi and Paul George play basketball for the Clippers. Now, talking about the second unit, I thought there was something really interesting that Ty Lue did in this game. And when I say interesting, I don't mean necessarily in a good way. We didn't stagger Kawhi and Paul George. We went 10 deep even without Terrence Mann with Nico, KJ, Mason, Bones, and Norm. Thought our offense was really jump shot heavy and not great in the beginning of that stretch. Defensively, I talked about in the last episode when I previewed the season that our bench might have some nasty stretches defensively. And those weren't great stretches defensively. I thought Bones Highland, though, was continuing where he left off in the preseason defensively. But there were a couple of times where he did get bullied just a bit. And you're going to see that against better teams, even with the muscle and weight he's put on. It's still going to happen. He's still a skinny guy. But what I like is that he's getting into people's airspace, taking those hits, not shying away from contact, really trying to move his feet and fight over screens and talking. You can see the effort in the guy, and it makes a huge difference. Huge. And I thought Norman Powell, even though I thought offensively wasn't good, for his standards, even though I liked that he shot the ball from three because that was something that he wasn't doing in preseason, two for five from deep for Norm, only one other shot besides that for him, two for six in the game and he got in trouble foul baiting a bit had a turnover I think in the second half where he got caught in the air and just threw it across the court yeah it wasn't the second half but I thought defensively Norm actually wasn't bad either he's again he's never going to be a great defender or even a very good defender but he can be solid and I thought in this game he was putting good pressure on the ball I think everyone on the Clippers is really making an effort on that end this season from what they say in training camp. Now, again, it's been one game. One game. Got to stay grounded. But the signs are good. The signs are good. And I love this under-the-radar thing. And one of the things that this under-the-radar thing has given us is an easier schedule because we're not on national television the first four games. Look at the Lakers. They had the Denver Nuggets on the road first game. That's the toughest game you can get in the NBA now. Then they have the Phoenix Suns on Thursday. And they play the Clippers in game number five. Not very favorable compared to the Blazers, Utah, who lost against the Kings, by the way, in Utah. 
So hopefully we can do the same as the Kings. And one of the things that the Kings do is play fast. And the Clippers are a better defensive team than the Kings. And they also were playing much faster. And one of the people that I thought was adding to that was Bones Highland. I talked to a lot of fans at halftime and everybody was loving Bones. He missed a couple uh, threes to start when he first got into the game. But as I said, I thought his defensive effort was good and the way he pushed the ball on the break and even just not even on the break, just in the ha- pushing the ball in semi-transition, you can say. It was impressive. The way he was breaking dirt, certain dudes down off the dribble. There was one time where he had shade on sharp in the blender, dished it off to Mason Plumlee at the rim for a dunk. He was electric. He's been fantastic in preseason. And in this first game, after, by the way, injuring himself in preseason, he got injured, sprained his ankle. It was a pretty nasty one. Comes back in this game like he never got injured. 17 points, three assists. And by the way, those three assists don't really do him justice because it felt like he was hitting the open man to me. Of course, I haven't rewatched the game, but it felt like he was hitting the open man. And just Bones Highlands passing, I'm going to keep saying this and beat it like a dead horse this entire season. He's a very underrated passer. He is a dime dropper, you could say. But if it's a Zubats, I was just so impressed with him defensively. And even Mason Plumley, I thought, was solid defensively. You're going to see him hedge screens more and show, you know, come out to the perimeter and then try to retreat because he's not a very good rim protector and he's better on his feet than Zoo. But I thought even in the moments that we needed Plumley to protect the rim, I thought he was pretty solid, went up vertically, and did his thing. And in the second half of the game, Kawhi Leonard started getting going. He was 5 for 5 from 3 in this game. Remember last season when Kawhi Leonard... Struggled to hit threes till January. He just didn't have his legs underneath him. No problem right now. Five for five from deep. And a lot of them were open where he didn't have to work too hard. Just moving off the ball a little bit. Coming off screens. And Russell Westbrook finds him right in the perfect moment with pace. Russell Westbrook, the pace that he puts on his passes, it really makes a difference. It just gets the ball. I know it sounds so basic but it just literally gets the ball to the player faster and the defense that 0.5 second that 0.3 seconds it makes a difference at when you have the nba athleticism so westbrook and he sees it a second quicker than maybe two seconds quicker than reggie and pat bev it's just a totally different ball game when you're playing with somebody like that it makes the lives of paul george and Kawhi leonard easier so russell westbrook passing the first game test with flying colors absolutely destroying scoot henderson i thought that the other members of the clipper bench some are a little shaky i thought mason was great six points eight rebounds two assists again adds to our pace played 18 minutes and is a good passer two for four from the field two for four from the line as well kj martin i thought he struggled a bit he only played 14 minutes he was kind of just sitting in the corner and he needs to kind of be in that dunker spot. So he really, I don't know if he can really play with zoo because you want to have at least, you don't want to have two non shooters on the court in today's game. It's just not what teams do. And it's not even that KJ can't shoot threes. He doesn't seem like he can shoot mid ranges or anything. His jumper does not seem, and Jackson said that Jackson Gatlin from locked on rockets. He said that his jumper wasn't great, but coming up, Going to talk more about the bench and the point guard play. What does it do for the Clippers? Going to be talking about that 
coming up. I gotta tell you a little something about FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The World Series are set to begin. The NFL is in mid-season form, and the Clippers are rolling in the NBA, which has just begun. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. So before I get into more specifics about the point guard play, I just wanted to finish off by talking about the rest of the guys. And one thing I loved about this game was I talked about last year the Clippers waved the white flag more than they were blowing teams out to play those guys, those third stringers. Well, this game, we got some garbage time. But the one thing I didn't like was that the starters were put back into the game in the fourth quarter even though we were up 26 going into the fourth. Now, Ty Lue brought them in at the 10-minute mark. When I say them, I mean Kawhi and Paul. When we were, you know, the lead was cut down to 23 by Malcolm Brogdon, who was the only guy that could really score consistently tonight for the Blazers outside of Simons and Grant. Um, You had 14 points from Shaden Sharp, though. He couldn't hit from the outside either, one for six. But the bench for the Blazers, you got 44 points from the trio of Brogdon, Robert Williams, and Shaden Sharp. But again, the Blazers just didn't threaten at all. I never felt like we were going to lose the game. The Clippers were just commanding. And the Blazers outscored the Clips 38-24 in the fourth. I don't even think they put took their foot off the gas like that. I think it was just, you know, the game was kind of in the refrigerator, in my opinion, as the great Chick Hearn used to say. They cut the lead down to 23. There was 10 minutes left in the game. I know it's the modern NBA and the three-point shot makes it so that a 23-point lead is not what it used to be. But I think unless it got to around 15-14, we didn't need to put those guys back in personally. But as long as they didn't get injured, that's all that matters to me. And they didn't, so that's great. And the Clippers won it 123-111. to Paul George, in my opinion, was that dude. The man. The player of the game for me. 27 points. Three rebounds, six assists, three steals. Thought defensively he was fantastic. Fighting over screens, super active hands. Pickpocketed guys a couple of times. Threw down some emphatic dunks. Moved off the ball super well. And was attacking in the mid post and being aggressive going to the basket. And when he's doing that, he's one of the best players in the NBA. 27 points, as I said, on 11 for 17 shooting. Talk about efficient. Four for seven from three. Only one free throw. It was on an and one. A fantastic and a difficult shot around the basket. High archer off the glass. Just amazing the touch that this guy can put on at that size especially. It's very graceful. Aesthetically pleasing basketball player, Paul George. 32 minutes played and just killed it. Kawhi Leonard. Took till the second half to really get him going scoring-wise, but I loved his defense, loved his intensity. 23 points, 5 boards, 6 assists, a steal and a block. Paul George, 4 turnovers. Kawhi Leonard, 4 turnovers. 
Also an efficient Kawhi Leonard, 9 for 17 from the field. And how about 100% from 3, 5 for 5? No free throws, though, for the claw. Jeremy Grant and Matisse Tybel were guarding Paul and Kawhi for the most part. But again, you put their guards in the action, and we were getting good ball movement off them. And the Clippers set a record for a home opener night for their franchise with 36 assists. What an amazing stat for opening night that you would love to hear. The Clippers' ball movement was amazing, and they were just finding the open man and taking what the defense gave them. When you have isolation players like Kawhi and Paul George, that allows other guys to be open, and all you got to do is move the ball quickly and space the floor well, knock down shots, you become extremely difficult to guard. How about if it's a Zubats? What a performance by him. Destroyed DeAndre Ayton. 20 points, 12 rebounds, was a presence defensively with those four blocks, two turnovers. He was a plus 25, and the plus minus of the starters is absolutely outrageous. Eight for 10 from the field for Zoo, and four for five from the line, which you love to see. So 80% from the line and 80% from the field. I thought Zoo was just phenomenal, and hopefully it can be a confidence boost going forward. Playing with Paul George and Kawhi gets him tons of easier looks, and that's going to help him have higher scoring games, which will make him more confident. And Russell Westbrook does look for the big fella. And speaking of Russell Westbrook, he had a double-double, an amazing all-around performance, just commanding the floor well, setting the table, not trying to do too much, not always trying to get assists. And it's so easy for him to get assists, in fact, because of the talent that he's playing with. And he doesn't need to even do that much. And one thing I realize about the Clippers' offense with Russ is they want quick hitters. And what I mean by that is Kawhi and Paul George come off a screen, Russ bullet pass to him, work right away. That way, the defense doesn't have time to sit and load up off of Russ. And you get Kawhi Leonard and Paul working quickly. If you Paul George especially, like the defense is just in trouble. And then they have to react. They help. Ball gets moving. And now Russ can really attack a dis you know, a scrambled defense and get downhill and then make a play, which is what he's great at. So I really am noticing that not too much. Russ, throw it to Kawhi to start the possession and just totally get out of the way. Slow, stagnant, predictable. Terrence, man, I'm sorry, Bones Highland and Russ. 11 points for Westbrook, five rebounds, 13 dimes, three turnovers. Thought he was absolutely phenomenal. Five for eight from the field, one for two from three. No free throw attempts for him or Kawhi which obviously I think that's not going to last long, but very efficient. Only two three-point attempts, which is what I said I think he should be shooting attempt-wise in the episode uh, that I just did on Wednesday. But Russ, the highest plus-minus of any Clipper, plus 30. He was absolutely sensational against Scoot Henderson. Robert Covington, you may not be able to tell by the five-point Four rebound, two assist, and three steals and a block stat line. Well, that doesn't sound that bad. And two for five from the field, one for four from three. Missed a couple of open threes, but that is not an issue to me at all. He is going to keep getting those looks all season. But I thought his defense was awesome. Five points, four rebounds, and again, playing with the point guards like Bones Highland, like Russell Westbrook, they just get everybody easier shots. And the pace that our point guards are bringing compared to the last couple of seasons with Reggie, Bev, even John Wall, who actually brought pace, but it didn't seem like the rest of the team was on the same page. Wednesday night, it seemed like they were on the same page. The whole team. They made an effort to run off of misses. They made an effort to run when they got steals and turnovers. 
They made an effort to push the ball with Bones and Russ. And one thing I will say about Rocco is I think he's okay playing fast as well. He's part of the steals. He had three steals in the game. Paul George also had three steals in the game. But it's great to have someone like Rocco who can get interceptions, get strips. And he played 23 minutes. He was a plus 26. Thought he was awesome. Nico Batum only played nine minutes, had a donut, and didn't get a shot off. But I thought he was actually pretty good in his minutes. Defensively, three rebounds, an assist, and a steal, and a block. So I thought he was pretty decent. But it, it looks like Nico is that 11th guy. I said that in the last episode, in the last couple of episodes, I've been saying I think he's the one that's going to get the least amount of minutes of those six players off the bench that have a case to be playing. But K.J. Martin, he's probably the 10th guy right now. And besides an offensive rebound that led to a three, that was his rebound and assist, I need to see more from him. The jumper is looking a little suspect. The Clippers can't really use him as a spot-up shooter, I don't think. He needs to be more in the dunker spot, try to find ways to get him rolling to the basket and to get him coming off of screens. But the running game, getting, you know, forcing turnovers, pushing the base, that will favor KJ Martin. I said Mason Plumley, six points, eight rebounds. Bones Highland, absolutely awesome. 17 points, three assists on six for 11 shooting and three for eight from three and two for two from the line. Very efficient. Norman Powell, I think he just. Early season norm, I think it'll come. I know I've been saying it for a couple of games now when it goes back to preseason, but it's really the first game. And I think defensively, if he can be passable and decent, the shot will come. The or the the buckets will come, I should say, because his three ball was good in this game. But yeah, point guard play looked really good. Defense, solid. But now we got the Utah Jazz coming up. And in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about James Harden, the Clippers have apparently stopped talks on him, which I'm going to re- be reacting to and previewing the Jazz game while also reacting to the rewatch. When, and I might, when I mean rewatch, I mean me rewatching the game. The Clippers won. 123 to 111. The franchise record for assists and threes. The Clippers shot 52% from the field and 47% from three. 16 for 34. You gotta love that. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more content and see the video of the game. I got a new phone, so the quality is so good. And Lockdown Clippers, comment anything in the comment section. Subscribe and hit the notification bell for your only five-day-a-week Clipper podcast. We're so back. Let's go, Clippers. The age-old proverb continues. Go, Clippers. We undefeated.